to show up here. So, <laughs> good night, everybody. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've Googled this on a bad day just because I needed a laugh, but um, wherever you fall on the spectrum, and uh, for those of you, maybe if you're like me, you kind of just rotate between the two all day. Anybody else? Oh, just me. Okay, great. I feel better about myself. But uh, wherever you fall on the spectrum, uh, you are doing, I heard this line last week and I thought it was so good. You're doing better than you think you are. And sometimes I just need the Holy Spirit to remind me, remind me that, hey, you're doing better than you think you're doing. And so just know that sometimes motherhood isn't always feelings. I know sometimes I want to feel like Barbie, but it comes out more like Tyrannosaurus Rex. But just know that, uh, you know, moms, it's not about how you feel. It's about your commitment to being there. And sometimes just being there is better than not being there. So if you're there like this, you're doing better than you think you are. Amen? <laughs> well, I love you guys. And I just want to give a couple moms honor today. My mother-in-law, uh, Mike's mom, actually moved here last year to be a part of this church. And we just want to tell you, how, where are you? There you are. Happy Mother's Day. I haven't even seen you yet today. Um, and then, I don't know, some of you guys might know this. We had a family move from Michigan uh, to Long Island to be a part of V1 Church. And that is the Fleemans. And Haley Fleeman's mom, Noelle, is here today. And we were actually on the same flight last night because I was visiting my mom. So that was really random. Um, I saw a post on Facebook and I was like, are you here? <laughs> and she was. So that was cool. But this morning, we're going to be talking about wine. So for some of you, uh, happy Mother's Day. <laughs> You'll love this sermon. And for those of you who might be a little religious and you're like, oh, wine, what? Um, just replace it with coffee and you'll be fine this morning. So uh, just take that word right out. But the reality is, is Jesus spoke about wine several times throughout the Bible. In fact, his first miracle in John was turning water into wine. And there's a whole shtick about that. That's a whole nother sermon, but I'm not going down that road. But I, but I want to talk to you this morning just about wine and the process and kind of what the Lord revealed to me. And I'm not even going to pretend to be a theologian, um, but I am a woman who just chases after God. And as I was reading uh, this portion of scripture, which we're going to read right now, this is just what I felt like the Lord revealed to my heart on behalf of, of the women and men of V1 Church, just what I felt like the Lord was saying. So Matthew uh, 9, 14 through 17, I believe this is the message version. Um, I'm just going to read it real quick, okay? Um, a little later, John's followers approached asking, why is it that we and the Pharisees rigorously discipline body and spirit by fasting, but your followers don't. And Jesus told them, when you're celebrating a wedding, you don't skip on the cake and wine or coffee. Uh, you feast. And later, you might need to pull out in your belt or pull in your belt, but not now. No one throws cold water on a friendly bonfire. This is kingdom come. And he went on. No one cuts up 
a fine silk scarf to patch old work clothes. You want fabrics that match. And you don't put wine in cracked bottles. Or depending on what translation that you've read before, it might say you can't put new wine in an old wine skin. Have you ever heard that before? Okay, we're going to talk about that this morning. So just for the record, and I don't say this in a like holier than thou way, but uh, I don't drink anymore. <laughs> that was a joke. Okay. Loosen up. It's Mother's Day. Um, but I, I, so I didn't know that much about it. I didn't know about the process of wine. I know that Jesus speaks about it uh, several times and, and it's mentioned throughout the Bible. And I know that in the Bible, it represents joy and richness and fulfillment. It, re- it can represent a lot of things. Um, but I didn't know exactly how wine was made. Like I vaguely, you know, seen it in the movies and I don't even think I'd ever been to a winery. So I really didn't understand the process, but I wanted to learn a little bit more about that. So I did what any, uh, uh, pastor would do as I Googled it. And, uh, and I, and by the way, you can do anything with Google, uh, the Bible app and a GPS. If you have those three things, you can make it, you can make dinner, you can fix things. You're good. Um, so what I didn't realize though, was the rigorous process that wine actually goes through. And as I was reading, uh, through this process and I was learning more about it, I actually had this memory kind of flashback, uh, to somebody I knew that had gotten married, uh, back where I'm from. And they said, Oh, you're going to love it at our wedding. We're going to have homemade wine. And in my mind, I guess homemade, I just envision like bathtubs and like, eh, I don't know. It just really grossed me out to think about somebody making something because how many of you know, when you see something sealed in a store, you know that that product has been through a process and there's integrity to processes, right? So I I wanted to learn about not like, you know, bathtub wine. I wanted to learn about like real wine, right? So I'm going through this process and I'm learning a little bit more about it. And I learned that like process, it breeds integrity. So for example, how many of you guys like organic veggies versus like regular vegetables? I won't tell you which ones I feed my children. Okay. I won't tell you. But, uh, there's a thing when it says organic, you know that there's a certain process that either process is skipped or a certain, uh, you know, a healthy process that that vegetable has been through. Right. And so if it's not stamped organic and they're like, oh yeah, it's fine. You're like, no, no, no. I want to know the process. And so, uh, meat from a cart, how many from, uh, New York city, have you ever been in Manhattan and you see, and like meat off a cart could be like the best day of your life or like the worst day of your life. Like it really just depends like on the process or if you go to a restaurant and you find something in your food, it really makes you not trust the processes, right, of that establishment. And so I'm just going to make a few points about processes and we're going to talk about wine in a second. But if you're taking notes, my first point, so point number one, I'm just going to do three, is seasons don't determine destiny. Our response to a process in the season is what determines our destiny. So many times in life, we just think things just happen to us, right? And sometimes we let things happen to us. And we just are content with just going through the motions day in and day out instead of saying, wait, 
what is God doing here? What is the, the, maybe the meaning behind it? Or, or why am I in this situation? And, and instead of saying, how can I respond? A lot of times we have a default mode. Hello, we've been preaching about that all month. And we just respond the same way to every season. My default mode in a, in a, in a difficult season is take a nap. No, I'm dead serious. <laughs> am I right, Mike? <laughs> take a nap. I just, I don't, my default mode left without uh, responding to a process is like, I can't face it. I can't do it right now. Anybody respond like that? You know how there's fight or flight? You guys are all like, yeah, we do that. Let's all nap. Let's all go take a nap after this. Um, but it's like fight or flight. Mine's Mine's flight and Mike is fight. That's our default mode, right? So we have to, uh, when we go through something difficult, I have to be aware of that and respond appropriately to whatever season I'm, I'm in. So in Galatians 6, 9, if you're going to jot down scriptures, uh, Galatians 6, 9, it says, Let us not grow weary of doing well, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Now, how many have ever heard the scripture, what you sow is what you reap? Okay? Well, I'm going to add something onto that. What you reap is what you eat. What you reap is what you eat. And some of us are sowing bad seeds into the ground. Maybe it's in our children. Maybe it's in our relationship. Maybe it's in our business. Maybe it's in our organ, whatever it is. And we're praying for a crop failure, right? Instead of responding to whatever season we're in and saying, Lord, instead of me doing what I do, flight, take a nap, ignore it, let it go. Instead of me doing what I know to do, Father, why am I in this situation? Lord, show me, and I want to respond because I want complete and total victory through this season. You know, we had uh, sometimes, uh, and I'll just speak for a woman because I am one, not just because it's Mother's Day. But sometimes for women, I think we're just more, we're, God just created us to be feelers. Not all women, but most of us, right? And so, yeah, you're a feeler. Amen. <laughs> but uh, God created us that way. And he created that, us that way because women just have an innate, nurturing heart, or most women do. And so what happens is when we face a season, sometimes that season seems so final right? Okay, so I was in a season in my marriage where uh, when we were first married, I had all these nice things, right? You have the wedding shower. You, um, I wouldn't let Mike touch anything until I moved in. Was anyone else like that or was I the only one? Okay, great. Awesome. Uh, but I was so afraid he was going to break stuff. And then sure enough, we get a couple uh, weeks or months in and dishes start breaking, right? Because it's just rough. Like he's just a man's man, which I like really appreciate. But amen. <laughs> amen. But <laughs> you know, when you have like nice, like new, you know, at the time that meant a lot to me, you know. And uh, I just remember thinking, like, he's always gonna be rough, and I'm never gonna have China. I'm never gonna have like toasting flutes like I even this is how and I'm not saying this is right ladies so this is not Proverbs 31 so scratch it take it off the podcast whatever you got to do but like I literally I found we were cleaning out my mom's house and mom goes here do you want your wedding toasting flutes and I was like 
I must have given them back because I thought he was going to break them. <laughs> so in four years, we went through four sets of dishes. And I just remember thinking like, this is never, like, I'm never going to have nothing breakable. You know? And, and honestly, it was a season. Like, we had a few girls. He softened up a lot. And now he takes care of things better than I do. So that was a season if you've ever had a newborn, right? That's, when you're in the, when you're in your, like, you know, 18th hour of no sleep, you literally will say to yourself, I am never going to sleep again. Or maybe you've had this stomach flu. And you're like, I'm never going to eat again. God, I'll go to Africa. If you'll and 12 hours later, you're like shoving a Big Mac in your face, right? It's a season. You know, a grape lasts a season, but wine will last decades. Sometimes we have to look at what the Lord has handed us and say, you know what? This is a season. This is not going to last forever. And I bet if I respond to the process, and the reason why I'm in this situation, I wonder if I'll, if change will come a lot faster. And so my next point is seasons plus process equals change. If you want change in your life, I guarantee you stop fighting with your husband and start responding to the process. Men, if you want change in your home, stop nitpicking your wife and just start responding to the Holy Spirit. You will see change in your home. I promise you. So change or a season plus process equals change. But if you have a season and you make a settlement in that season, no change. Default mode. Some of you have been handed maybe a toxic relationship. Some of you have been handed maybe a bad financial situation. And instead of just responding to the process, instead of responding to God's word and what he says about our relationships or our finances, what you've done is created an entire settlement, an entire community, an entire uh, organization around negativity. And so what happens is you just settled in the season. You've uh, made a you've made a moat. <laughs> you've built a house, right? And you've just settled in it. And so point number 2, process is necessary. Process is necessary. And so the best things in life come after a process. Very few good things happen when people get into relationships. A lot of times they'll say, "Man, we just met. We're in love. We're getting married next week." And we're like, "Hey, the faster you go, the harder you crash." Process is a good thing. Courtship, dating is a good thing. Um, look, you guys are just going to soundbite that and just go with it. She said date. All right. Okay. But the best thing in life comes after a process. Birth, that's a process. Oh, yes. It was a long day. Um, dating is a process. Building a home, if you've ever built a home or re-renovated re, re a home, that's a process. Moving, marriage counseling, personal counseling, that's a process. A whole 30, how many ever did that? That's a diet. I know, all you Pinterest ladies, you know what I'm talking about. That's a process. But let me tell you about the process of wine. So there's a, a, there's a lot of steps, but I'm just going to kind of group them together and give you five, five steps in the process of wine. First, the grapes are picked. Now, the harvesters in a vineyard, right? Can you all kind of just imagine a vineyard for me? The harvesters in a vineyard will wait as long as possible to begin picking grapes. That the vine actually can withstand very harsh winters as long as they're pruned 
regularly. That'll preach. I'm done. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, well, then, thank you. Step two is that after the grapes are picked, then they're crushed. After they're crushed, they're pressed. And then after that, the winemaker comes in and he goes through a very careful process for quality wine. And the more quality, the more testing and the more processes there are for them to oversee. And the winemaker is constantly monitoring it until it's wine. Can I just tell you guys a secret this morning? You are much less in control than what you think that you are. The grape is not responsible to produce wine. The grape is responsible to respond to the process. The winemaker's responsibility is to brood over it, to test it, to watch it, to measure it. His responsibility is to make wine. And sometimes we've been asking Jesus and we've been blaming God and we've been shaking our fist at God and God's like, you're still on the vine. You haven't moved. Let me pick you. Let me set you apart. Let me put you through a process so that I can watch over every detail of your life, so that I can be involved in every crushing and every pressing that you're not in it alone. He is available and he's brooding over you this morning. We got to stop controlling and start responding. Some miracles are instant. Jesus, when he turned water into wine, that was an accelerated miracle, right? God can do accelerated miracles in your life. And I've experienced some of those miracles. Everly is a water into wine miracle. But most of the miracles in my life have been a process of responding to Jesus. It's been a process of responding to the Holy Spirit. And so my last point is new healing new wine new healing new wine now I want to show you guys a picture see I didn't understand when I heard the word wine skin I guess I don't know maybe I was ignorant I just envisioned uh, a wine bottle I didn't understand you know glass right or maybe in ancient days maybe I was envisioning like a stone right or something like that and I couldn't understand the process of when it talks about an old wine a new wine and an old wine skin I had a really hard time wrapping my mind around it but I looked at this picture can you guys see the difference this is like a leather I don't know how detailed it is back there but this is uh, what a wine skin is is like a leather canteen have you ever seen one of those like a leather, bo- uh, a leather uh, uh, vessel. And so what happens is that it's leather. And what happens to leather when it gets old? It gets hard, right? And it cracks. And so when you have new leather, you're able to stretch it, right? You can, you can actually make it larger than what it is. And it can kind of contract and go to whatever you need. But an old wine skin, it can contain old wine just fine. But what happens is when you get new wine, the fermentation, there's so much action, there's so much yeast, there's so much uh, new life, right? Because it's like a, a live culture. There's so much new going on that when you put new wine in an old wineskin, it just cracks under the pressure. 
And so what I believe that the Lord wants to do is change the vessel. Some of you might be trying to have a new relationship with an old mentality. Some of you might trying to have a new business with an old model. Some of you might be trying to have a new church with old mentalities, with old methods. Some of you might have a, a, a new child, but you're using old generational curse message, methods to raise up your children and you're wondering where the tension's coming from. You're wondering why it's not working. God wants to give you a new healing for new wine. Because guess what? If you continue to try to put, Lord, give me fresh vision. God, give me fresh power. Give me a new song. If you don't have a new healing, what's going to happen is God's going to give it to you and you're just going to crack. And you might be wondering, God, why is it that every time I get money, I crack? It's because you need a new healing. Why is it that every time my wife and I get into a good place, I crack? It's because you need deliverance from old mentalities. And so this morning, God wants to put new wine in you. I was at a fundraiser a few weeks ago for a camp that's out in Long Island, and this is through the Episcopal Church. And I met the bishop there, and he was just such an awesome guy. And he was telling me about how uh, he likes to keep the business in Long Island and how he shops local, all these things. And he said, you know what? I only buy wine from Long Island. Now, I didn't know that there were wineries all out east. I had no idea. And so he was telling me about this, and he said, you know what's funny is wine on Long Island doesn't taste like wine anywhere else. And he said, you want to know why? And I said, listen, you're about to tell me something really good. You tell me all the things. <laughs> I want to know all the things, Bishop. And so he begins to tell me that Long Island used to be potato farms. And so what happens is in a potato farm, the soil's very rich. You can plant anything in there. It's going to grow. It's going to be fine. But the thing about grapes is that grapes, when they struggle, they actually produce the highest quality wine. And so God is saying, listen, you're struggling. You might have old mentalities. You might be wrestling, is this real? Or maybe for women, you might feel like you're in a, you've had children. Lord, is this all there is? No. God has new wine. He has a new healing. Maybe your children have moved out and you've been thinking, God, what else is there? He has new wine. He has a new healing. Maybe your spouse isn't here anymore. Guess what? New wine, new healing. God is able. He is able this morning. And he wants to give you new wine. Your struggle is producing a high quality richness and joy if you will respond to the process this morning. Some of our default mode is we go through a difficult season, and the default mode is why? But I'm here to tell you that the new wineskin is because. Because, Hebrews 13.5, he never leaves me or forsake me. Because, John 1, 1 John 3, 1, he has good intentions about me and my future and his perfect will. Because, Romans 5.20, sin doesn't have the last word, God does. Because, Jeremiah 29.11, he has a plan and a future and a destiny that he will accomplish. Because, 2 Timothy 1.7, he has not given me a spirit of fear, but a 
power, love, and a sound mind. And because Revelation 21.5, that he makes all things new this morning. He makes them all new. If you lost a child, guess what? Everly's new wine. If you lost a spouse, let me tell you, God has a new healing for you. You are not going to crack under the pressure. You just have to respond. Will you stand with me this morning? It is not over. It is not over. How many want new wine this morning? It is not over for you. I just want to speak specifically just to women for just this one second. It is not over for you. I know you saw dedications up here, but let me tell you, there were some women up here that cried some very ugly praise. God wants to give you new wine. Maybe you're not holding your new wine yet, but I want to tell you we serve a God of miracles. And so as they begin to sing, whatever your situation is, men, whatever your situation is, women, whatever the old mentality is, God wants to make it new this morning. They're going to sing this song over you. If you would, if you just close your eyes, if you'd lift your hands with me, just as a sign of God, I'm responding. I'm okay with the struggle, God, because I'm in a response mode. I'm not going to say why, God. I'm going to say because. Because you are good. Because your mercies are new. Because you're going to give me new wine, Lord. So make me a vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. I came. Sing that again, Dara. Make me, Make me a vessel. vessel. going to sing that again in just a minute, but I just really feel like uh, just specifically that there's someone here and you're married, but in your heart, you've either been wondering, I don't know, maybe there's been an affair. I'm not sure, but I love that line. I'm going to lay down my old flame and carry your new fire. If you will respond to the process, your best days are ahead. Your new fire, your new wine is ahead. I also feel very specifically that there's uh, several women who are just 
praying for a baby, I am bold enough to say that I believe it is possible. And I believe that next Mother's Day, you're gonna be right up here holding a miracle. I believe it. We saw it last Mother's Day and we're gonna see it again. So let's just sing that one more time. How many wanna respond this morning? Let's raise our hands. Come on, Dara. Cause where there is new wine, there is new power, there is new freedom, and the kingdom is here. I lay down my old flame to carry a new fire today. Kingdom is here. I lay down my own. Come on, lay out, lay it aside. To carry a new fire today. So make me a vessel. So make me a vessel. This is our prayer this morning. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me. Thank you for listening. Your experience doesn't have to end with this message. Visit us online at v1.church and send us a message. If you would like to help V1 reach New York and beyond, download the V1 Church app for iPhone and Android and click Give. Join us this Sunday for our weekend celebration. Directions and info can be found on our website.